The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up? But you can't because you're drowning in debt. Now you can with Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be and give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches Financial Philosophy. Now here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. Here we go. Yes, sir. This episode of Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio, is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook at keystoriches.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Woo! Anyway, thanks so much for stopping by. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, your hostess with The Financial Mostess, and I am flanked by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the Keys to Riches Financial Philosophy. So uh, we are now in our second key. Our second key, which is uh, take action and make assessment. Yes, this is our going green episode. So this is not just about being environmentally friendly, but we are going to take an organic look at our finances by not looking at them. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah, that yeah, well, you know. How do you, I look without you, looking? You'll explain why. I will. Thank you for that observation. <laughs> We also have our moolah word of the day, and we also have our money drama. And what's our money drama for today? I don't know. We we didn't pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what our money drama is, is hesitation. Oh. Our money drama is about hesitation. 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 And how it gets in the way of effective money management, specifically starting something. And hesitation is is mm. the the biggest challenge. The, he, the hesitation costs us so much money each and every day. We, we don't even realize it. I'm trying to think how it applies to me. Hesitation right now, but uh, I'll let you know later on. If I said okay, if I offered you an investment opportunity, well, there's and a you million- didn't answer me. You didn't say yes. You didn't say no. You but hesitated. The, but the, but that's because that's but those are prudent decisions. Those aren't stupid decisions. Right, but mulling it over too long, it's, it's either works right. or it doesn't. But you have to do your research, too. Right, but, but at some point, yeah. you'll have enough information to make a decision. Right. So that's the question is, where does the hesitation start after the research, I would think, right? Yes, or continue, or, you know, researching ad nauseum. Yeah. yeah excessive a, research. And that's another problem, yeah, excessive yeah. research. You need to have, and and that's one of the things. So here's an interesting little piece of trivia for those of you. So there's a there's an adage, if you will, yeah, about the difference between average people and rich people. Mm-hmm. And average people make decisions slowly and change them quickly, whereas 
Rich people make decisions quickly and change them slowly. Does that make sense to you? What do you mean by change them? So if somebody like, okay, so uh, we made a decision, for example, for the season to start bringing in scam alerts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, because my new book is really going to gain some traction and help people manage their financial lives more effectively because we're going to mitigate one area that's kind of potentially out of our control once somebody else assumes their identity or starts creating fraud Mm -hmm. or we fall for scams. That can materially affect our financial freedom. And so we decided to make this a new segment of the show when we talk about scams. And uh, so we could do it once. And, uh, like if, if, if I thought about it a long time, well, should we do it or shouldn't we? And how is that directly involved? I could have hesitated and him hawed. And then after one episode said, yeah, you know what? I didn't like that so much and changed my mind about it again. But no, we're staying the course. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it for at least a season. So we made the decision quickly that yes, we should incorporate this because it is a valid part of money management Mm -hmm. is credit management, identity management. And so I made that decision quickly. And what happened? We ran out of time last week and we never even got to it. (laughs) And so I said, I even said, we're going to do it. And I'm like, so I could have just like tucked tail and ran. But I didn't. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay the course. We're going to make it happen today. Okay. And today's scam, by the way, is romance scams because they're on the flipping rise like you would not believe. Off the charts. So, uh, but let's talk about this week's um, moolah word of the day, shall we? So we can get into the key because the key is critical this week. And uh, if you want the full deal for romance scams, that is our topic-driven show for, for this week. Uh For our Friday show, because this is our Monday show. So on our Friday show, it's going to be about romance scams. And so you'll be able to delve deeper about that. But we're going to give you a little flavor for it today to kind of pique your interest, raise the curiosity. Mm -hmm. So uh, moolah, word of the day, is a phrase, two words, intrinsic Value. Oh, I remember this from my economics class. Really? So let's see if this, see if your memory matches this definition. Intrinsic value is the actual value of a security as opposed to its market price or book value. Okay. So market price is what's going on, like what, what it's selling at. Book value is what the share was originally valued at when it was sold for the very, very first time. So the intrinsic value includes other variables such as brand name, trademarks, and copyrights that are often difficult to calculate and sometimes not accurately reflected in the market price. One way to look at it is that market capitalization is the price, what investors are willing to pay for the company, and the intrinsic value is the value of what the company is really worth. Hmm. Okay. So your intrinsic value can be more than the current market price. Or less, right? So that would be when you hear them saying a stock is undervalued, what they're talking about is the relationship of the market price to its intrinsic value, okay. what it's really worth. Makes sense, yeah. Okay. Um, so this term or phrase can be used also when it talks about options. And intrinsic value is the amount of by which a call option is in the money. So you calculate that by taking the difference between the strike price 
and the market price of the underlying stock, okay? So a call means that you can buy shares from somebody at a certain price, okay? So if the market is at $10 and I have an option, a call option to buy that stock from you for eight bucks, I'm in the money, two bucks. I mean, my intrinsic value is $2 per share. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm already in the money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in the money. So yeah. So that is your moolah word of the day, intrinsic value. So is that what you were remembering? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it being the absolute, the the actual value. That's what I was going to say, but you know, my lack of terminology in economics, the absolute value of what, but that's what Yeah, I, I mean, we can pull it away from investments too, and we can lead it to something like- A guitar. A memento, yeah. Yeah, something, so, something in my world. Yes, so let's say that, you know, you happen, like you have, what was the guitar that Jimi Hendrix used to play? Uh, was Stratocaster. That's right, okay, I couldn't remember it. I'm like, it's yeah. the Fender Stratocaster. Okay. Fender Strat. So- like a Fender Strat is how much money? Yeah, Just it's, you know, it's worth maybe seven hundred bucks. But okay, but a Jimi Hendrix is. But worth, a Jimi Hendrix Fender Stratocaster is worth uh, twenty thousand dollars more, maybe two hundred thousand. Who knows? Oh yeah, who knows what it's but worth? The intrinsic value is is because it was bucks. his, right? And he played on it, and so that makes it more valuable right. than its market price. Or even its construction price. So what would its intrinsic value be? The difference between the what the current market would be for any Fender Stratocaster Mm -hmm. and that Fender Stratocaster of his, of Jimi Hendrix. Okay. So that would be your intrinsic value. So that'd be the that difference. So cool. And again, if you had one, you're in the money. You're in potentially. If you pay if you bought it at an auction and you paid like twenty grand for it and it's only worth twenty grand, then you have zero intrinsic value. Right, right. <laughs> but from its relationship to its original sale price, mm-hmm. you have lots of intrinsic value. Yeah. So let's talk about this week's key, shall we? So we are now in our second key in our Keys to Riches, financial philosophy. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. You are listening to the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And the Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one week at a time, one key at a time here at the Keys to Riches radio program. And this week's key is take action, make assessment. And I call it our going green episode because, hey, there we are. I'm watching the video. I'm not listening. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're watching Facebook Live videos, the ones we just did. How fun is that? Yay. So, um, so when we talk about going green and doing an organic assessment, what we're really talking about is identifying things that a typical financial assessment doesn't. If you go to a money manager or a financial coach um, or you know some sort of budgeting accountant, something like that to help you um, spend less and save more, they're going to look at what's coming in and what's going out only. And then they're going to give you a budget. And what you're going to learn in key seven is that we break budgets here. We don't think budgets are healthy or good for you. They're not. Remember, we're biologically set up to fail at long-term money management. And so how do we get around that? Well, first off, 
we have to do an assessment on the sly. And what I mean by that is we have to look deeper than just the numbers. What we're looking for in order to do our organic assessment is we're looking for the information behind the numbers because how much is going in and going out is all relative, okay? So if you're making, you know, $1,000 a month, What goes out is in relation to your $1,000 a month. If you're making $10,000 a month or $100,000 a month, again, your outgo is going to be a relationship to your income. And what we want to make sure is that they're in line with each other, okay? That we are indeed spending less and saving more. And if we are not, and I've done financial coaching, and, and trust me, this is not just a poor people thing. Uh, or an uneducated people thing. Okay, I work with professional athletes, movie stars, and celebrities to help them manage their money more effectively. And I can't begin to tell you how many times I've taken a person who makes one hundred dollars or $200,000 a month. Okay, this is multiple people's annual salaries in one month and still can't manage to make ends meet. I, and I they're spending... Imagine. They're, you know, they, they make $200,000 a month and they're spending two fifty. Yeah. So it's it's about a mindset. It's not about more money. That's why people say, oh, if I just had more money, it has nothing to do with more money. Okay. It has everything to do with what you're doing with your money. But what you do with your money is not because of money. It's because of something else. And that's what we're in search of here at the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation and what we're going to look for in this key in our Keys to Riches financial philosophy. You are listening to the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Keys to Riches radio listeners. Visit our website at keystoriches.com forward slash keepmyid and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAG. So how do we do an organic assessment? How do we assess our finances without assessing them, without paying attention to them? And the reason why we have to do this is because even if we start making slight changes, the reticular activating system, isn't that a fancy brain term? I haven't heard that one. The RAS, it's the part of your brain that after you've been driving for a number of years, allows you to fiddle with the radio, send a text message, and narrowly evade the kitty cat that's running across the street. <clears throat> Reminds me of the uh, Terryton uh, charcoal-activated filter when you're smoking. <laughs> What's it called? The Reticular Activating System. So uh, with the brain's <laughs> ability... I've never mentioned it on the show. I've never talked about no, it in this day. Yeah, that's why it's so. Uh, but I just, you know, I thought I'd kind of go there. So, okay, so the brain, as we create these neural patterns that that program into behavior over time, and we do something over and over enough, we get it to be on autopilot. So the brain is not. If you think about when you the four levels of learning, and when you first started to learn how to drive, and you sat in the seat like you'd ridden in a car. 
right. all those years as a kid. And then all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat and you're like, well, holy crap, I didn't know. I didn't know how to drive because I just thought the car went. Yeah. Right. Cause that's what it does when you're a kid, you get in the car and it goes, somebody else sits on the other side, but, and then, and they got this circle in front of them, but they don't really know what that does. And then, so like that first level of learning is what you call is uh, unconscious incompetent. You don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. And then in that moment that you're now expected to be able to operate that vehicle, you're like, oh my gosh, exactly. now you're consciously aware of what you don't know. So that's the second level of learning. <laughs> I remember I remember trips to Philadelphia where my mother grew up every year, and, and I just couldn't believe that my father knew how to get from Connecticut to Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do this? How, how do you remember this? It's, you know, we're sitting in the car for three hours, right. and this guy knows how to get there. You know? I, exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And you got there and in one piece most yeah. of the time, I would imagine. Every summer we'd get there to Philadelphia. He did it again. <laughs> he got us from Connecticut to Philadelphia. I know. And how did he remember that? It's been yeah. a year since he did it the last yeah. time. Holy smokes. So then we move to being able to drive. So now we are consciously competent. And this is the part of our driving where we are constantly, we're panicked because we learned about highway hypnosis, right? So we're constantly scanning our mirrors. We're going to our rear view mirror, our side view mirrors. We're looking out the windows with our own eyes. And then we're also observing the speedometer. We're making sure we're maintaining our speed. We're making sure that we're looking forward to the horizon. We're not looking right in front of us at the edge of the nose of the car. We're looking way down the horizon to guide the vehicle. And we're actively driving. We are doing it as a conscious competent. That's the third level of learning. And the fourth level we achieve is the unconscious competent. This is how we're able to do these things without having to actively pay attention. That's why you can be sipping your soda, chewing your donut, fiddling with the radio and whipping out text messages and manage to get to work safely. (laughs) Well, with the exception of you, everyone else in the universe that's an apex predator can do that, but (laughs) except for you. But uh, so when we get to that, what keeps us safe when we're in that unconscious competent mode, what allows us with all those things going on to miss the cat that jumps out in front of the car is the reticular activating system because he is part of our subconscious brain. He He is scanning not for what we're doing right, but he's scanning for something different. That's why it just pops up. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say, you know, you've been driving a Ford for all these years and all of a sudden you buy a Subaru. And now that you're driving with your new Subaru, all of a sudden you start seeing Subarus everywhere. You're like, wow, I didn't know everybody yeah. else drove a Subaru. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's in the reticular activating system. It's on your level of awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's scanning the environment. And it's noticing that. And so what happens is if we actively start to work on our money management skills and we start to pay attention to what we're spending, it's going to make us alter our spending habits. Not necessarily on a permanent level, but on a temporary level, we're going to be more cognizant of what we're doing. And we don't want to do that because we're not going to find out because what we're looking for isn't how much we're spending. We're looking when we're spending it because we want the why behind it. That's the whole point of this organic assessment. So you can't be doing anything. You can't be handwriting things down. You can't be doing anything that would elevate your finances to the level that it, that the reticular activating system now gets triggered and is paying attention. Mm -hmm. 
So what we want to do is do an organic assessment and we're going to make an assessment without making an assessment. So what you're going to do for the next six weeks while we're approaching the break the budget key you're going to get a big nine by 12 manila envelope. If you have business receipts, if you have multiple family members, you may want to get a few of these envelopes and each and every day, every single thing you spend on, you're going to put a receipt in this bag or this envelope. All right. If you buy something on the internet, you need to print out a paper receipt and shove it in there. We're not tracking anything. We're just shoving into the envelope. You can, you can just make up the receipt, too, if you want, right? You can handwrite it. And in the case of visiting um, convenience stores or vending machines or if you give your kids cash allowance, you're going to have to hand generate a receipt. Right. Ask for a receipt everywhere you go. Because a lot of our financial problems isn't from being stabbed financially in the heart. Um, it's about the uh, little simple bloodletting from the sure. scab that doesn't heal. Sure. It's that small little deal. Nice, nice description. <laughs> well, I thank you. So, so, so we we financially hemorrhage. Yeah. On a little drip, drip, drip basis, and so we got to fix the faucet. We got to you know bandage and heal the arm, yeah. not just put a bandaid over it. Yeah. We got to actually heal it. But until we can figure out what's driving the financial choices, we won't be able to figure out how to correct it. Because you put anybody on a budget that doesn't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it to begin with, they have a slim chance of succeeding. Yeah. And it's just the nature of the beast because we're biologically set up to fail at long-term money management. We are driven towards pleasure and away from pain. And as long as we're not in pain, the absence of pain can be considered pleasurable by the brain. And that's how we get complacent. That's why people, you hear people all the time say, well, I don't need to be rich. I just want to be comfortable. And so the brain is going to keep you from getting to be rich. But let me just tell you, when you're rich, you're pretty effing comfortable. Because <laughs> let me just tell you how much more comfortable I am now from when I grew up. Yeah. You know, having to share stuff, like having, you know, yeah. um, uh, not g- having the brand name stuff that I really, really wanted. Um, not being able to participate in stuff because I didn't have the money. I mean, it was like 25 bucks to be in, like, I remember this little softball league for the summer. But my mom wouldn't pay for my brother. Plus, she had to drive the kids around. And my mom was, had like 8 million jobs because it was just her and me and my brother. So we couldn't do it. I mean, my neighbors even offered to, you know, take my brother and I with them because their kids played. But my mom didn't want to spend the money for us to go. And so I never wanted that. Like, I never wanted money to be my obstacle right. from things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Because I'm like an explorer. That's kind of like, I'm more yeah. of an explorer than a stuff kind of person. Stuff is cool. But, you know, I, I, I have the, the theory that um, since you, you can't take it with you, um, what I can take with me to the other side is a whole bunch of stories. And I just had this vision yeah. of what it's like going to be on the other side. And... uh that, you know, at night at the campfire, everybody's sitting around and it's going to be me telling the story. Just like I'm sitting here doing the radio show, I want yeah. to be sitting there telling my stories on the other side. It's all about experience. Too. Exactly. And I, and, and, and I want people to be like, oh my gosh, you lived such a great life, Heather. You did so many cool things. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I did do cool yeah. things. I could tell stories of all sorts of things. And you, so, so that's always been my thing is 
how can I cram enough stuff in? Yeah. You know, because I'm just uh, because I'm a stuff or a stuff like activity oriented yeah. type of person. So I, I don't want to miss out because of money. So that's why I work so hard so I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And and that's important to me. And and that's comfortable. <laughs> Let that's, me just tell you sure, how comfortable it is. But if we if we, you know, have these hang ups about being rich or, you know, um, feeling like maybe uh, that society has made made uh, people feel bad if they want to pursue money um, or that you shouldn't pursue money because it's not godly or worldly or socially acceptable. I mean, that's just nuts. That's just nuts. God wants you to yeah. be rich because when you are rich, you, you can take care of others. Sure. And, the, and, and so the idea is not that everybody is impoverished, is that, that when, when bad things happen to good people, that there are those that can help them out. Mm-hmm. It is not meant that everybody is poor. So God wants us all to be rich from that perspective. So what we have to do is do this organic assessment. And so it's about saving receipts for this whole time. And don't even think about them. Just shove them in. When you get home at night, empty your wallet, empty your purse into this envelope, empty your kids' backpacks, make them get receipts, okay? And make them track their spending. This is a great way to create a solid foundation for your kids' healthy money management skills. You have to engage the whole family because if you are a family, one of the biggest things that breaks up families is what? Money. Ding, ding, ding. So make money management a family affair. Get everybody engaged. And the more everybody is engaged, the more accountability everybody has and the more ownership people will take. Just naturally, they'll take a level of ownership when they have to start working for the things that they desire, when things aren't handed to them. They don't feel entitled about this stuff. There's a pride that comes from, I did that. I achieved this through my own hard work. And then, and when you teach kids how to value money, especially from the point of, from the perspective of earning it, then, then they will have pride of ownership and then that will make them more effective in their decisions because money won't be driving their decisions. That was the toughest thing growing up is money affected every decision my mother made. And she was not good at managing money. She could have been so much more effective with all the jobs that she worked. She, we didn't have to be where she was. She had a spending problem. Mm-hmm. She, 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 she's a, yeah. yeah, she was a hoarder. And, and so she had all kinds of psychological issues. So, um, so we need to have the whole family engaged when it comes to this, um, because if we don't engage people um, and engage the whole family, you're fighting an uphill battle because you've got a whole bunch of other people that can gang up against you. And when you have dissent among the ranks, nobody wins. Yeah. So we want to make it a family affair. So now what we need to talk about is our money drama. Hesitation. So hesitation can occur in any place. But specifically, not getting started because you're fearful is the biggest problem. I mean, hesitating when making a frivolous expenditure is a good thing. Hesitation can be good, but most of the time hesitation costs us money. Okay. You see that the stock, you know, people freak out, freaked out when, when, when stock prices went down, you could buy blue chip stocks for a third of their value. People are like, Oh, I don't know. What if it goes down further? Yeah, but it's not gonna because the market's going to recover. Oh, well, I don't know. And then they watch and they start to see it go up and they're like, okay, so, uh, yeah, it's going up, but what if it comes back down again? 
And so then people hesitate and hesitate. And then finally, that $300 stock um, went from $100 to $200. And now it's at $250. And you're like, okay, maybe I'll get in. But, you know, I'll just buy a small lot. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I should probably get some more before it's too late. And then guess what? It's back over $300. And now it is too late. So hesitation can cost us, um, you know, when it comes time. You know, it reminds me of that book, Ready, Fire, Aim. You can't determine how close or far you are away from something unless you shoot at a target first. So, you know, uh, get ready, take aim, and then fire, and then look again and adjust. So if this investment didn't work out, adjust but at least you were in the marketplace because what if it did? Because, you know, nobody makes any money if they never take that first step. And taking the first step to assessing your finances is what you need to do. So real quickly, let's talk about, since I forgot it last time, romance scams. So romance scams over the last five years have trebled, trebled. So from being just $15 million in losses, it's now over $300 million in losses from romantic scams. So if you would like to know more about that, visit our topic-driven show at unlockyourwealthradio.com and listen to us on Friday. uh, And you can learn all about romance scams and how you can avoid being a victim. And if you have been a victim of a romance scam, go from victim to victor just by using the strategies from moneycreditandyou.com. Thanks so much for joining us for the Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio and the maestro of Moolah, Michael Terry. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. 